G'day and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast coming to you from Melbourne, Australia broadcast from the studios of 3CR your only radio left my name is Susanna Duffy and in this episode of Left After Breakfast I want to talk to you about Daylight Appreciation Day. Also some art, you'd be surprised what passes for art these days, or perhaps you would not be. And I want to share a nightmare of being trapped in a tiny submersible vessel somewhere, somewhere under a huge ocean. And of course, that would lead me to the Darwin Awards. But on a serious note, I want to talk about those men in politics who go on health leave and about the corruption of the former Morrison government. But first things first. And I would like to thank everyone, that's everyone, who supported this program, who supported 3CR over the past fortnight of our annual Radiothon. It's much appreciated, very, very much appreciated. And I thank you again. If you've made a pledge and you haven't got around to fulfilling that yet, just go online, 3cr.org.au. Or if you're in the area, if you're a local, you can drop in to 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours. But I thank you again. Wondering how to pay your donation to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash or card. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned. Stay radical. Greetings from chilly Melbourne. It's been a bit cold, yes, and it will be colder. We're certainly all rugging up here. On June the 22nd at 12.58am, we had the winter solstice, the hibernal solstice. And following that, of course, the days will become longer and nights will get shorter until the summer solstice in the very early hours of December the 22nd. What does that mean? It just means that the winter solstice marks the moment that the Earth's south pole reaches its furthest tilt away from the sun. Because of the angle of that tilt, Adelaide and Townsville experience sunset within a couple of minutes of each other. But of course, during the summer solstice in December, their sunsets are more than an hour apart. It's quite fascinating seeing how the world runs like that. In the Northern Hemisphere, of course, 
It's the summer solstice, their longest day and their shortest night. They're all out there having parties, their big midsummer celebrations. Here in Australia, the winter solstice isn't the coldest day of the year, not by any means. The temperature will always drop over the coming weeks. I've always said that it's always colder after the solstice, even though the days are getting longer. But don't expect those extra minutes of daylight to translate to warmer temperatures. They'll be dropping down for a good month yet. However, (laughs) in the Northern Hemisphere, they have, on the 22nd of June, a holiday, apart from midsummer. They have Daylight Appreciation Day. And they do that to celebrate, of course, the daylight. Now, we all like daylight. But here, where I live, in Melbourne, you can have a little bit too much of daylight. We have a hole in the ozone layer. And we've got to watch out for too much sun. But at the moment, a bit more sun would go down very well. Very well indeed. But anyway, dear listener, if you're in Melbourne as I am, don't put your woolly blankets on top of the cupboard yet and don't throw your socks down in the back of the drawer. You're going to need them right up until August, if not a little further. for something a little artistic in this episode. I'm talking about an artwork, which is a banana taped to a wall. And you may think that's an odd piece of art, but it's happened more than you'd think, at least twice. And it's the basis of a high-stakes copyright case. Italian artist Maurizio Catalan produced his latest sculpture called oddly enough, comedian, by duct taping a banana to a wall. Sadly, it was eaten on two separate occasions because people going by just, you know, were hungry. I mean, who could resist forbidden fruit? Anyway, on his third attempt at duct taping a banana to a wall, he sold this artwork for 120,000 US to an art studio in Miami, capturing the attention of social media. It was quite literally perishable fruit after all. But artist Joe Morford came across this work on social media and he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Because you see, in 2001, Morford had created Banana and Orange, a sculpture where he avant-gardedly duct taped a banana and an orange to a wall. Crucially, he had copyrighted his work and even the US judge couldn't deny the works were 
substantially similar, but not enough to satisfy copyright law. The judge found in a ruling that's no fewer than 18 pages long, because there was no evidence that Catalan had even seen Morford's work, nor that the artwork Banana and Orange enjoyed any particular or meaningful level of popularity. Ah, well, it just seems the judge found the the copyright case was no more than comparing apples with oranges. But anyway, here's a bit of a nightmare for you. Well, it's a nightmare for me. How are you going planning for your next holiday? Are you saving up? Is there some special place you want to go to? Well, if you save 300,000 Australian dollars, or a little more than that, you too can go on a little submarine and look down at the wreck of the Titanic. If you don't mind, that is, being in an incredibly dangerous situation. The five people who at the moment are trapped inside this little submersible and just a few hours of oxygen left. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Well, not much hope for these people. They'll never find them again. What kind of people spend $300,000 on a two and a half hour excursion? Well, not me for one. And I dare say not you either. So who are these people with money to burn? Or at least to submerge? Well, there's Hamish Harding, a British businessman. He runs an international aircraft brokerage company with its headquarters in Dubai. He's a billionaire. And Shazada Dawood from one of Pakistan's richest families. He's the chairman of Pakistani conglomerate Engro Corporation, a large fertiliser firm. And his son Suleiman Dawood, also Paul Henri Najolet, who is a French maritime expert. The pilot's name is Stockton Rush. This is run by a mob called Ocean Gate Expeditions, and they provide tours of the Titanic wreck for people with more money than sense. They have been warned many times that the current experimental approach of the company could result in catastrophic problems. Well, my heart is certainly not going to break over businessmen who are trying to achieve a Darwin Award. Although I'm sorry that Dawood had to take his 19-year-old son with him. The Darwin Awards are given out each year for the most stupid death, rewarding the person's willingness to remove themselves from the human gene pool. One of the recent Darwin Awards has gone to a young man who did a handstand on the viewing rail. You know, the rail that's put there for safety on a viewing platform above Cave Garden Sinkhole in Mount Gambia. It's a beautiful place there, but not where you want to do a handstand on the rail, particularly at midnight so that some friends can take photographs of you in this act of daring do. Regretfully, he won a Darwin Award for that. Somewhat similar to a young man in Japan who climbed up the snow-covered Shubashiri Trail on Mount Fuji 
in the night time, wearing street clothes suitable for a spring afternoon and carrying nothing more than a pair of climbing poles and his phone so that he could stream his trek up the mountain. He went up, got off the trail, kept streaming and then said, "Mm, I think I'm slipping. But instead of digging his poles into the ground, he held on to his phone. And the people watching the stream basically saw him fall. Darwin Awards, yeah. A Darwin Award that I don't really regret is the rhino poacher in South Africa who tried to drug a rhinoceros so that he could saw off its horn and sell that horn for money to sedate the rhino while he did this grisly act he ground up two of his mother's sleeping tablets they weren't enough to affect a big rhinoceros the rhinoceros knocked him down and then the poacher was eaten of our lions well that's the darwin awards for you Let's go to something a little more serious. I see that David Van has taken some health leave. How nice for him. He's not the first man to take health leave after being accused of of sexual misconduct. And David Van has now three women complaining about him. I tell you what, ladies, keep away from the stairwells in Canberra. But you don't have to be a rocket scientist to think about that health leave. Remember Christian Porter, who was then the Attorney General back in 2021. He announced tearfully, tearfully, that the toll of rape allegations against him had caused so much anguish that he was forced to take mental health leave. He said... After speaking with my doctor, I've decided that what's best for me right now is to spend a few weeks of downtime. Porter, of course, had access to lots of psychological counselling at taxpayers' expense. But he then returned to Parliament on a 370000 salary three weeks later. Former Education Minister Alan Tudge, we will track you down. 
one of the low-life stars from Canberra and a close friend of Porter's, he also took leave that same year when allegations that an affair he had with a former staffer was physically abusive. He returned to his role several weeks later. That same year, Queensland backbencher Andrew Lamming issued a statement after allegations of harassment against him were aired by the news. He wasn't stood down by the then Prime Minister Scott, but instead he was instructed to undertake empathy and awareness training. He was then on medical leave for two months, on full pay of course. And another classic example, One Nation's Mark Latham took leave, that was earlier this year after he dropped a vile and reprehensible homophobic tweet directed at independent MP Alex Greenwich. True to form, Latham refused to apologise. Never apologise, never explain, he said. Yes, what kind of man is he? So what do we learn from these stories apart from the fact that Australia's political makeup is seriously toxic? We learn that men in politics accused of serious crimes are protected in ways that female victims are never protected. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. I'm looking forward to next month when the National Anti-Corruption Commission will begin its investigations on the 1st of July. This will be an independent Commonwealth agency that will detect, investigate and report on serious corrupt conduct. And there's a lot to investigate from the former Morrison government. I'm looking forward to charges being brought against certain members of the former Morrison government for absolutely outright and blatant corruption. I want to see a lot more information on water for sale from Barnaby Joyce. When he was Minister for Water, Joyce approved an $80 million water buyback from properties owned by Eastern Australian Agriculture. Now, Angus Taylor was a director of Eastern Australian Agriculture before entering Parliament. One of the main beneficiaries of the sale was Chris Gredell, a former rowing partner of Angus, and the chief investment officer of a company called Pacific Alliance Group. And that's a major investor in Eastern Australian agriculture. This company, Pacific Alliance, is registered in the Cayman Islands and there's no public information available about the directorships or the ownership structure. Now, Eastern Australian Agriculture wanted to sell their water rights for a substantially lower fee. The profit for Eastern Australian Agriculture on this $80 million water buyback was $52 million clear. That's $52 million in profit that went directly into an entity registered in the Cayman Islands. I also want some more coverage of the au pairs. You remember in 2015, Peter Dutton, then Minister for Home Affairs, granted tourist visas to two foreign au pairs from France and from Italy who were in breach of their work conditions. And he granted these visas 
within one hour of receiving a phone call. Representations were made on behalf of the au pairs by Dutton's former colleague from the Queensland Police Force and the Chief Executive of the AFL, Gillan McLaughlin. The au pairs were employed by McLaughlin's cousin, Grazier Callum McLaughlin. Six months after Dutton's intervention, Callum's father made a $50,000 donation to the Liberal Party. I also want to have a look at the internet business of the then Assistant Treasurer of 2015, Stuart Robert, who charged taxpayers $37,975 for home internet usage. It's a rate of over $2,000 per month. My God! You want to get a high-speed, huge data internet service that's going to cost you about $100 per month, not 2000 Well, Robert and his wife used this home internet connection to promote the services of the Metro Pentecostal Church. Now, Robert was asked to repay that amount. But in comparison, when former Independent Speaker of the House Peter Slipper was found to have spent $954 on cab fares. He wasn't allowed to repay the money. He was referred to the police and he was found guilty of dishonesty, although the charges were dismissed on appeal. There's a lot of difference between some taxi fares and $37,975. But that's the church business for you that the former Morrison government got into. One particular alarming payout, and I mean alarming, was a $4 million grant awarded to the Esther Foundation. Now, the Esther Foundation is a Christian rehabilitation centre, and it's had numerous complaints, including allegations of sexual abuse, denial of food, restriction on communications with friends and family, and LGBTQI suppression techniques. And listen to this one. Indigenous residents were subjected to beliefs that their skin colour and cultural heritage were signs of the devil. Signs of the devil. And that these Indigenous people in this Christian rehabilitation centre were possessed by the devil. Disregarding these serious concerns And you really can't get more serious than that, can you? The Morrison government saw fit to grant the Esther Foundation a substantial sum of taxpayer money, including a $4 million grant. Obviously, the allocation of money to this controversial right-wing religious group exemplifies the inadequacy, the incompetence and the corruption, which was rife in the Morrison government. I repeat, inadequacy and incompetence, but I personally can see only corruption and a complete disregard for ordinary citizens in this country. We were nothing to the people under that government. We were nothing to Morrison and his cronies. Just sheep to be fleeced. And the quicker we have that National Anti-Corruption Commission going, the happier I will be 
and the better off this country will be. Let's air some of this stuff and clean it out. Let's get some of that daylight in. 3CR Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the ride. See you next week. Same time, same place. I leave you with a little bit of music. More than 45 seconds worth. And this is It's Only Natural from the Great Freedom From Religion Foundation. It's Cheerio and Ciao from Left After Breakfast. Thanks to Galileo for showing us our humble place in outer space. And thanks to Mr. Darwin for showing us the origin of the human race. Which means that our precious romance is mainly a product of chance. And these feelings of love so frenetic are just genetic. It's only natural that I would want you It's only natural that you want me A million years of evolution had its way So we can blame it on our parents' DNA Move instinctively in your direction Somehow you signal me to turn and see You will always be my natural selection As a voluntary choice, naturally
how you signal me to turn and see you will always be my natural selection as a voluntary choice a voluntary choice my voluntary choice Naturally Susan Hofer singing Dan Barker's It's Only Natural. And that's John Lombardo and Francis Deck in the rhythm section and Rob Shepard playing the saxophone. 